Rockin' with K-A-Y-T-K-Q-J-O-F-M, the station for every generation. The heart and soul of Central Louisiana. You know, there's purpose that God has for your singleness. Another one of the purposes is to help point people to Christ. Now, this should be the goal of every believer. And an unmarried person, whether you've never been married, whether you are widowed or divorced, can share Christ from some particular vantage point. And we may see ourselves as single, and let that define us, but just like every star in the night sky, we're not alone. Every star is part of a galaxy, and we all function individually and collectively, every single one of us. And the more brightly a star star shines, the more it attracts our eyes to the heavens and to the Creator. There's a uniqueness in how a single person can point others to Christ. It can be said that all of us possess unique qualities, attributes, abilities, and challenges. And this affords us with unique platforms on sharing the gospel. An Olympic athlete has a platform some of us don't. Celebrities have a platform that some of us don't. Single people have that same type of platform. So the purpose that God has for you being single is to help you point people to Christ, okay? All right. Coming up, Dr. Christopher Manuel and the Restoring Faith broadcast. Don't go anywhere. We're back in a moment. You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Praise the Lord, everybody. I would like to talk to you upon the subject, sending the wrong message. It's also the same subject is, does God inspire astrologists and psychics? If some self-proclaimed prophet suddenly arose and began drawing crowds with stirring messages, healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing fire from heaven, and revealing knowledge of your personal secrets, 
Would you believe in him or her? Mm. Should you believe in him or her? You see, your ultimate destiny just might be tied directly to your ability to distinguish between true and false prophets. So it's very important to know what the Bible says about this timely subject. So one of the first questions during this time together is, does the Bible teach that there will be true prophets in the last days of earth? That's where we are right now, beloved. Does the Bible teach that there will be true prophets in the last days? We've got to go to the word of God. Acts, the second chapter in verse 17 reads, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So to answer that question, does the Bible teach that there will be true prophets in the last days? Yes, both men and women will prophesy in the last days, also according to Joel 2, 28 through 32. Here comes another question talking about the last days and also sometimes people send the wrong message. Here's the question. Jesus at his ascension, when he ascended up, he placed gifts of prophets in his church along with uh-huh with four other gifts as apostles, evangelists, pastors and teachers according to Ephesians 4 verse 7 through 11. Here it is. Why did God place these gifts in the church? Why did God place these gifts in the church? And you have to go and you find it here in Ephesians 4:12, beloved. He says he placed them in the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a simple Bible answer. That's why he placed them in the church. See, Jesus gave all five gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the perfecting of God's end time church is not possible if any of these five gifts are missing. My goodness. You see, this has to happen because this is God's what we call fivefold ministry involved. And we have to remember as believers in Christ Jesus that we can trust him in all times. In the Bible days, was the gift of prophecy limited to only men? Oh, let's answer that, beloved. No, no, no. The gift of prophecy in the Bible days was not only limited to men. You see, in addition to many men who had the gift of prophecy, God also gave the gift to at least eight women. There's just a few that we're naming from the Bible. Anna, Luke 2, 36 to 38. Miriam, Moses' sister, Exodus 15, verse 20. Deborah, which is found in the book of Judges, chapter 4 and verse 4. Huldah, 2 Kings 22 and 14. And the four daughters of Philip, an evangelist found in Acts 21, verse 8 and 9. You see, brothers and sisters, the Bible says that God gives the gifts of prophecy to both men and and to women. That's why, brothers and sisters, we have to watch out when we talk about men preachers and women preachers. Women shouldn't be preaching. The first woman who gave the message from the cross was Jesus' mother. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go right there. When we look at this, brothers and sisters, we also have to look at how long were these gifts to be remain in the church? How long were these gifts to remain in the church? Ephesians 4.13, we always get the answer from God's word. It says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, 
to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So how long were these gifts to remain in his church? They will remain until God's people are all unified, mature Christians, which, of course, will be at the end of time. Well, there's another something that we can look here. From what source do true prophets obtain their information? Because you want to find out where, where y'all get y'all stuff from. Well, we have to look at the Bible again. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20, it tells us, to the law and to the testimonies, that's God's word, if they speak not according to this word, it, it means that there is no light in them. You also have 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Because answers the question, for what source do true prophets obtain their information? Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What's that means? Prophets do not express their own private opinions in spiritual matters. Their thoughts come from Jesus through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You see, God speaks to prophets in three different ways. And what are those ways? What, what may they be? Here in the book of Numbers, 12th chapter, and verse 6 and verse 8, it says here, If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord myself, will make myself known to him in a vision, speak to him in a dream, and I speak with him face to face. So what ways does God speak to them? Visions, dreams, and face to face. That's how he spoke to Moses. Hallelujah. Oh, look at here, brothers and sisters. What are some of the physical evidences? What are some of the physical evidences of a true prophet in vision? Well, you got to take down some text right here because it's real meaty. It's real weighed down. <clears throat> the first one is they will initially lose physical strength, according to Daniel 10, 8. That's what happened to him. Number B, they may later receive supernatural strength, Daniel 10, verse 18 and 19. Uh, they'll have no breath in their body because he was breathless, Daniel 10, verse 17. He was able to speak, Daniel 10, verse 16. Won't be aware of earthly surroundings, Daniel 10, 5 through 8 in 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. His eyes will be open. Numbers 24 and verse 4. Note this, that through the preceding six Bible points are physical evidences of a true prophet and vision. Not all of them always appear together. Get that clear. A prophet's vision may be genuine without manifesting all six evidences at one time. So one of the six or all of them may appear in dealing with the revelation of God through God's man or woman that he deems a prophet for the time. Is the working of great miracles proof that a prophet is of God? Oh, that's the question we got to answer today. Is the working of great miracles proof that a prophet is of God or not? Revelation 16, 14 sheds a little bit more light on it. For they are spirits of demons performing signs and miracles. What does this mean? No, brothers and sisters, is the working of great miracles proof of that a prophet is of God? Mm -mm. The answer to that is no. You see, the devil and his emissaries, his imps, his demons also have the power to work miracles. You see, miracles prove only one thing, supernatural power. But such becomes from God and Satan, according to Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5 and Revelation 13, verse 13 and 14. However, 
God does perform miracles. He performs healing. Uh-huh. He brings people back from the dead. Hallelujah. During this time, this pandemic, some people have fallen asleep in Jesus, have died. And there are some has been protected, and we don't know how. It's been by the hand of God. That's what we know. Of what perilous time danger does Jesus warn us? What does he warn us about in these last days? In these last days, these false prophets will be so convincing that they will cause billions to be deceived and lost. But we have some information, hallelujah, from God's word, according to Matthew 24 and verse 24, of what perilous end time danger does Jesus warn his church about? He says, there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, there it is, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect of God. Ooh, you see, God warns us of false Christs and false prophets who will be so extremely convincing that they will deceive all except the very elect of God. Why? They stay in God's word. They stay prayerful. They have a devotional life. Uh, billions of some will be deceived and lost because they only look at God on a weekend basis. They only look at God when it's a Wednesday night. They only look at his word. It's a Tuesday night. They only look at God on the weekend with Saturday or even a Sunday. You got to look at God every day. He looks at you every day. You spend time in his word. And he wants to spend time with you. How can I determine whether a prophet is true or not? <laughs> There's that old text again, Isaiah 8:20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. How can I determine whether a prophet is true or false? Test their teachings of the conduct by the word of God, which is the Bible. If they teach and behave contrary to scripture, they are false prophets and there is no light in them. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, are certain types of false prophets specifically named and condemned in the Bible? <laughs> yeah, are certain types of false prophets specifically named and condemned in the Bible? According to that text, yes, it is. Yeah. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10 through 12, and Revelation 21, verse 8, speaks against the following types of false prophets. Listen to them. They have a charmer, mm -hmm, one who casts out spells and uses charms. Part B, they have an observer of times, which is an astrologer. That's one that, that studies the celestial bodies according to the divination of how we think that 